0: so-called preventive is Eric, don't
1: forget. Sarah, so, okay. okay, Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hi, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. My name is Eric Acker. I am the host of the show. Thank you. I do know my own name. And I'm Karen. Karen, it's welcome back. So we ended, I think, last week talking about making some changes to our routine and being better about getting adequate amount of sleep.
0: And we have done really well up until today.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're recording this about ten o'clock at night, but it's still monday not tuesday so it'll it'll give me a chance to record and edit without having to stay up until midnight or whatever so this is good this is good and truth be told i i'm somewhat responsible for this uh (laughs) late start because we were having a debate on whether karen's hearing is bad or not and i forced her to take a hearing test yeah She's been lying to me this entire time.
0: I have not been lying to you this entire time. I told you exactly what I was told when I was younger.
1: That hearing test was conclusive. You have no hearing loss at all. You just have bat hearing.
0: I don't have bat hearing. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe you should take this test if you can't hear what I can. (laughs) He just has to point out that he was right.
1: I just wanted to point that out, yes. Yes. It's not very often, but I get the <laughs> opportunity to. So we, I guess we can do a, kind of the week review portion, I guess.
0: The kids are healthy now, which is a beautiful thing.
1: And yeah, they were going through this weird, sick, like fever. Give them some off, fever goes away. A couple of days later, fever comes back. Tylenol fever goes away and then they would kind of alternate on days that it was
0: did. obnoxious because it would finally get to the point where like i can get out of the house and then i'd try and make plans and then it would fall through because somebody else got a fever so oh, oh no well. fevers no fevers knock on wood we've been fever free for three days four days it's been
1: about a week at oliver's so doing his speech therapy, we yep. moved that from Wednesdays to Mondays. Mondays,
0: and he's meeting his goals, so that's good. Um, what
1: else? Oh, you've been doing the reading. You you kind of readjusted a little bit of how you were doing the homeschooling.
0: Yeah, our oldest was dreading reading, and I just decided, why am I pushing this as hard as I am? He doesn't have to do all of the lessons. 28 day, Uh, 28 uh,
1: lessons.
0: Yeah, however many lessons, like we can, we can, maybe we're just going too fast. So I decided we'd do one or two lessons a week and we would just do the same lesson over and over again. So we just took a step back and went back to where he felt most comfortable and he's feeling good about his reading ability on where we are at currently. So we're just going to do that and see if that helps with everything. Because, I mean, realistically speaking, we are homeschooling, so we it, the school year doesn't have to be the same school year as everything else. We could just keep going. He's
1: young enough, too. He's not really in a grade level yet, is he? I think, I think technically he's first grade. Oh, okay.
0: So, but I know when I was homeschooled, there were years that we just took things slower, and we just did year-round and took random weeks off.
1: Okay, well, sometimes, like, kids will... I've actually heard a story similar to this, where there are some times where kids will just struggle with reading, for example, and so you just kind of take a break for a few months, and then whatever happens in the development of that kid's brain or whatever just kind of clicks, and then you pick it back up a few months later, and they get it. Like, you, you seem like you're hitting the wall... For months and months and months, and nothing seems to be progressing, and then suddenly, you try it again a few months later, and it just all works, it all clicks together, and it makes sense to the kid. And it's I think it's just a developmental thing that everyone develops a little bit differently. Um, we of course have milestones and whatnot that we're supposed to hit, but I think that's not true for all kids. Every I think every kid has a little bit of a a variance in that milestone.
0: Yeah, um, our daughter is much more motivated <laughs> than our son and so it's it's always interesting she kind of pulls him along a little bit which is nice and
1: that's what you they're making progress you can actually you can tell a lot and as much as like we have Oliver in speech therapy i don't want to take away from the effort that the speech therapist is doing but i think most of the effort that you have been putting into them reading and whatnot I feel like that has made the biggest change because he was making really big strides before we finally had speech therapy nailed down and scheduled. So I feel like you've done a lot to bring him you know closer to where he needs to be with speech.
0: Yeah. Well, and my next my next hurdle is going to try and get our our other two boys to start talking more. So, I've got another speech therapy book for Parents, <laughs> then I'm going. I'm currently, <laughs> ironically as, enough, as I, I'm reading through it while we sit in the car waiting for Oliver to get out of speech, and the kids are watching preschool prep or whatever they are watching on the iPad. That is my 30 minutes of time to read. What I should be doing with the other boys? So, oh. for some reason, our boys don't have a huge motivation to talk. I'm not sure. It is interesting though. I'm not sure if it's because they were all born tongue-tied or what. Our daughter was not, and she has no problem talking. She just has a problem being quiet.
1: We, we fixed the tongue tie.
0: <laughs> we did. We did fix the tongue tie. It, it just. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why it's our boys that are like. Eh. We don't need to
1: talk. <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but it's interesting because we've talked about it before where uh, our second youngest will <laughs> be in the other room and you can hear him talking or saying words and letters and sounds and but then when you walk into the room and you ask him to do it he's like no not not a chance like absolutely not i'm not talking to you and if i want drink or whatever i'll just scream
0: i'll hand you the cup and scream or i'll Open the refrigerator
1: or i'll because like, he's gotten to the point where he's, he gets to be a little bit more self-sufficient like he can get his own stuff now <laughs> he can open his own packages he can let himself outside he can like he can do a lot of stuff by himself and... yeah,
0: it's just really frustrating because like he'll go through his whole ABC book and he can t- he like I can hear from the other room like a apple B ball. See, and he'll he'll go through the whole entire thing. So I know he has at least what twenty-six words? Yeah, at least. At least. <laughs> but to get him to say it to me, not happening.
1: So that's our, our next challenge. I mean uh, not really our next per se, just the one that's being added onto the pile. <laughs> right. uh, we we have I mean we we're not I don't want to say like we're complaining or anything like no, that. No. We certainly don't have a a hard life, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's just a learning, learning thing for me. Like, cause I just have to learn how to deal with it in a way that encourages the speech to happen.
1: And that's one of the I guess the benefits of doing the homeschooling is that you get to um, be a little bit flexible with the schedules and trying to figure out how what, what's going to work with the kid. And I mean, it's I think if you were in school, it'd be like a one. Ver- um, Ideally, it'd be like one to fifteen ratio. I'm I'm sure T.J.'s out there are laughing. It's more like a one to twenty ratio or something like that. I don't know, but this is like a one on four ratio. So pretty good, pretty good ratio and odds there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's I know going. a lot of work. It's not. <laughs> uh, sometimes I, I, doctors have said it, and I think I I I agree to an extent. Like when I'm at work, it's it's kind of. Not, not work, but it's
0: uh, it's I, just different, it's different,
1: yeah. Um, so I'll, I guess, I'll change it over to the medicine side yeah. of things, okay. Um, so I just kind of the week review for the medicine sort of stuff. Uh, obviously, last week I started with a new preceptor, and I, th- I think I mentioned it, with a new preceptor with another medical student for the week, and so we. Basically, went through most of the week, and we wrapped up today with that preceptor. Uh, different styles of uh, medicine. I think I think in my first week of this hospitalist uh, I am rotation, The first preceptor. I talked a little bit about how he handled and had he counseled certain patients who were dealing with psychological issues and whatnot. This different. This preceptor has a different style. I think trying to find a way I, I don't everyone has a different style and it, some some kind of works for you some some won't work for you uh, so I don't want to make it sound like he's a bad precept or a bad doctor because I think he's a good doctor he knows what he's doing he knows how to treat his patients. I just think that he tends to be a little bit quicker like he goes to the room and he's out and I think all the doctors to some extent kind of after they've gotten to know the patient a little bit on the first visit that they kind of want to make those second and third visits a little bit shorter. So as they're rounding day and day, you know, the patient's been there for 10 days. Day 10 is like, you know, how are we doing today? Great. Okay, we have this, what's going on today? Great. I'll see you later. <laughs> you know, it's poking, poke head in, poking head out kind of thing. So as that's um, diff- difficult to get used to. And then I think the other factor I sh- I should put some more weight into is that this one walks like my wife walks. <laughs> like, he is so fast like his he
0: walks with purpose yeah he's got a a purpose (laughs) he's got a good long stride (laughs) Um,
1: the only thing that kind of drives me nuts he also kind of has your like go to the grocery store mentality like he walks with purpose but purposely no direction no discernible direction (laughs) it's like you know like i go to the grocery store if i don't have a list that i just start like going down each aisle and, you know, sending a message to Karen going, okay, do we need any more of this? No. Nope. Okay, move down to the next aisle. <laughs> and so, like, whereas this, so where this preceptor, I can't, I think we started on the fifth floor in the new tower, and we went all the way down to the, we went down to the fourth floor, which is the ICU of the new tower, and we went all the way down to the second floor, of, and then went back, back up to the fourth floor, but went up to the fourth floor Main, And we went back down to the second floor main. And then we ended up on the third floor. (laughs) Like, I know the third floor, the reason behind that one being last. Because that one, I think, is generally the COVID floor. And so our patients who are recovering from COVID or whatever are on that floor. So I get it. Like, he wants to put his PPE on only once or whatever it is. I don't think he actually put on PPE lately. I mean, we wear a mask and whatnot, but... It doesn't get all gowned up like my other preceptors have, and he just wants. M- I don't maybe know. Maybe <laughs> he's trying to get his
0: steps in. Who knows? I
1: don't. I don't know. And I mean, it's fine. It's I, I can keep up with him now, but it, it's just <laughs> like you're trying to you do all your pre-round in the morning, and so when you're you're finishing up with one patient, you're kind of going, okay. The next patient is in this this room, and then with this preceptor, sometimes he calls ahead and talks to the patients before we do our rounding. So he essentially has already rounded on certain patients so like on the fifth floor i think we have like five patients we only rounded on two of them in person and so i'm looking at my paper and i'm like okay so we need to go to room uh 65 and he's like nope we're going to the second floor <laughs> and i was like oh okay we're just going to come back up here like no i'm done with those patients <laughs> oh okay uh and that's just how it is <laughs> so <laughs> He's just he's just very quick. Today was his Friday, so I think to a large extent he was like, I need to get my paperwork done, and I want to go home. I want to have seven days off to not work for seven days. So I think he was uh, looking forward to that. And again, I think that that's just one of those things. You look at different preceptors, and they all have different strengths. I think this particular preceptor, his strength was he had a a good way of explaining what was going on with each patient and if the family members were there he would take the time to talk about the treatment go over what had happened what's going on and maybe what the plan was so he was this, what was what a,
0: they need to have happen in order to discharge them. yeah
1: like he kind of was a little bit better about giving a, a plan or a timeline whereas uh, my previous preceptor which i'll have tomorrow uh, he was a little bit more kind of High-level overview, like oh, we're just you know we're all working as a team here. I have uh, these people on board, and you know once they sign you off, I'll sign you off. And it's kind of more, I don't want to say obscure, but a little bit more high-level. A lot of uh wiggle room, I guess you could say. There's no hard and fast like you said three days and spend three days. You know, you, he's not gonna get into trouble like that. So I anyway, it's just different styles, and you got to kind of figure out which one you like better than the other and and i think like to be fair like this this current preceptor the one i've had this last week he's a little bit younger he is i think relatively quote unquote fresh out of residency whereas my other preceptor he's been practicing for i think he said 18 years or something like that so they all have different styles of what's worked for them and so you know who knows 18 years you might have a very different style than you have on day one or at, you know, post-residency. So anyway, I was going to say, I, we did get to see some kind of interesting stuff. Uh, I, don't want, I obviously don't want to get too detailed onto the patients because obviously we got to be careful of HIPAA. We got to be careful of the patient's privacy, et cetera. But we did have an opportunity to see a transesophageal echocardiogram. That's the TEE. We had a patient with AFib. And uh, presented to the ED of AFIB, ended up getting admitted. I think they found like a DVT in his leg, and they <laughs> so he had a few things going on. They brought him up to the floor. They did an echo, not the TEE, but just a standard echo, and that one kind of showed uh, like a ejection fraction, in the lo- you know below 20, and so that's pretty low. Anyone's listening, uh, ejection fraction around 55 is typically normal. <laughs> Anything below, you start thinking systolic heart failure. So, this guy had, I think, a mitral valve regurge, uh, maybe an aortic stenosis. So that's kind of normal for older people to have aortic stenosis to some degree. Uh, just because calcification of the a- aortic valves is relatively common. If you get a question on you, old or anything like that, age. <laughs> age is the cause <laughs> for that, <laughs> generally speaking. Anyway, so he's got kind of a lot of heart issues going on. Now, with AFib, you kind of follow the, the typical protocol of you can do rate control or rhythm control. That Both are equal in treatment options for these patients. So rate control being like uh, beta blockers, rhythm control like uh, amelodiron, I hope I'm saying that right, or calcium channel blockers. I think that's uh, rate control, to be honest. So anyway, the two go-tos are like Calcium channel blocker and beta blocker is generally what you will see in the hospital. What what I have seen in the hospital. Every every hospital is going to be different. Anyway, so and then of course with AFib, you since the atria is not uh, contracting regularly in sync with the rest of the heart, you do have that turbulent blood flow. Turbulent blood is in that uh, virtual triangle <laughs> of things that can cause clots. Turbulent blood flow, endothelial damage, and uh, hypercoagulation, I think, is the the third one. Um, So, turbulent blood flow, left atria in the appendage region, uh, clot. Clot goes to brain, causes stroke. (laughs) So, that's what you're concerned about with AFib. That's why, generally, you give them rate control um, or rhythm control, and you give them hephrin. A blood thinner. A blood thinner, yeah. And if it's nuanced, I mean, there's there's a whole algorithm here, and I'm not going to go too in-depth on the algorithm. You can look it up on online med ed. Uh, and those who have done it already you already know what I'm talking about. But you can cardiovert these people if you, th- you think it's new onset. You can do it right away. But because we kind of figured this was a long onset, you can still cardiovert them, but you got to make sure there's not a clot because uh, when you shock the heart you don't want to dislodge that clot, send it into the left ventricle into the aorta and then god knows where that clot ends up like <laughs> you don't you don't want that so that's where we got to watch the transesophageal echo cardiogram so and anyway this particular patient he unfortunately had a clot in his atrial appendage he, he didn't get cardioverted yeah, so he still can go in and out of afib uh, as the heart wants, and you still have his mitral valve uh and all the other fun stuff that goes with it. So it's always a little disappointing because you kind of want to see treatment, you want to see them treated and get better and whatnot. Uh, so it's, I don't know, it's it's, it's well, kinda... he's getting
0: treated, you want to see a resolution. Oh, well, yeah, a, he is getting fix.
1: treated, but like, it's, this is this like this is a management versus like intervention that cures you? Like, I want your heart to be beating normally, and then maybe we can work it to, like, what's going on with your mitral valve and whatever, uh, maybe a pacemaker or something like that. Like, I would like to see, I I want to see something like that where, uh, like, okay, the patient's going to leave the hospital and his his heart failure isn't always going to be at 10, 15% or whatever it is. It's a reversible heart failure as opposed to a non-reversible heart failure. So that's that's what I guess I mean when I say treated. So this particular patient is you know didn't get cardioverted, and he's on the medication management pathway right now. We rounded on him. You know, he was that was the, I think last Thursday. Sorry that we did all that. it was it was cool to see the transesophageal echocardiogram because that is a a unique procedure. And usually they would drag a patient down to the cardiology department or radiology area to do that sort of test, but because this patient was a little bit more unstable, he had some IV lines going in that they just went ahead and brought all the stuff to him, so that was interesting, uh, doing it all in the patient's room, and... Again, like the, having a different cardiologist that i have never worked with before, he you, you had a good time just kind of explaining the process. And, you know, I, of course, had had to ask the question, which, you know, which came first, the mitral valve regurge or the atrial fibrillation. And he was like, it could be either way. <laughs> so uh, maybe a dumb question, which is always great, you know. Always want to ask dumb questions to people who might be judging you a little <laughs> bit. So... <laughs> Anyway, so that was Thursday. Um, our precept that gave Friday off to study, so I guess I got an extra day off. Okay. And then.
0: An extra day of study. You
1: did extra study. extra day of study. Sorry, yes, you're right. Um, and then, of course, we. Monday, today, we rounded on this patient again. And I, you ever. Sometimes you get on these rounds or you get into the hospital and you run across these patients where you feel like they just got hit with the unlucky stick. And unfortunately, this patient, I got to stop. This is one of the things I've noticed in my editing is every now and then in a serious situation, I try to make it lighter or I try to, I don't know what I'm trying to do exactly, but I try to, I laugh a little bit through some of these. Like it's, it's awful. Like when I'm on the floor, it's not exciting. And I mean, it's it's interesting because you're learning medicine, you're learning about things you read about and you're seeing things that you read about, but it's like horrible, you know, like you don't want people to have these problems but and I noticed in my editing that I try to to laugh here and there and try to lighten the mood and it's anyway not trying to be insensitive. You're uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway uh, the the patient kind of got a little bit unlucky and some bleeding going on and the preceptor was a little bit busy today so he didn't really stop and like try to explain it too much but essentially it was like there's a combination of kidney failure and liver failure going on Um, and he's bleeding from various different IV insertion areas and then his platelet count is dropped his fibrinogen is low so again my preceptor didn't really talk to us about what he kind of thought the underlying like what would you call that so me and the other medical students spent a little bit of time after rounds just kind of looking it up and trying to think okay is this DIC or is this heparin-induced thrombocytopenia and anyway we, we don't have a, a perfect answer because when we think DIC we think of uh, some kind of bacteria causing sepsis and this patient doesn't have anything like that we think of um, mucus a mucousin kind of tumor maybe causing it maybe a promyelocytic leukemia maybe it's amniotic fluid (laughs) Um, uh, uh, of placenta abrupta you know like you kind of go down this list of uh, the most common causes of DIC or blood transfusions and like this patient didn't have any of the the things that you would go that's that's a common one that could cause DIC so there's a there's like a liver failure DIC kind of thing that we're kind of leaning towards but I can't really adequately explain it right now so i'm not going to do that i make myself look dumb enough as it is i don't need to <laughs> i don't need to go out on a limb and try to make myself even dumber so that's kind of how rounds went today and of course that was wrapped up with my preceptor he says you know said okay have a good rest of your <laughs> rotation and off he goes
0: but this next the rest of this next week should be interesting because your precept your last preceptor who you will be with again Mm -hmm. he had talked about you staying later and being on call with him yeah
1: i'm really kind of excited for that opportunity because i've i've seen a few other medical students and they get sent off to the ed they get sent off to patients rooms and they they get a lot more instruction on what's going on so i'm kind of looking forward to a little bit more of the instruction as well as a little bit more of the I'm gonna send you out to do some work. I'm still struggling with that a lot, and I think maybe a little bit more hands-on experience will help me understand like what criteria does the patient need to meet in order to be admitted to the hospital, and what are we looking for in order to send the patient home? Because sometimes like I've been trying to do this practice of, in my pre-rounds where I do the entire review of what's going on with the patient, and then I get to the, the end point, like, okay, this is the, that was the last note. Look, I, I've read the nurse's note. I've read the vitals. I've read the labs. So what's next for this patient? And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes cardiology is like, we're going to do an echo tomorrow. I'm like, okay, that's what the plan is today. We're going to do an echo today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, that's easy. But then, like, other times I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, labs seem fine. <laughs> Everything seems fine. So what are we waiting on? And uh, you know, I, I try to write some notes down of what I think we should be doing, and like I think ninety percent of the time I've been wrong. I, I think today I wrote down like on one patient DC, so discharge, and then like the doctor comes in talks to the patient. And he was like, "Oh, well, the cardiology wants to do a calf, like they want to do a, like a coronary artery calf," and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Go home," and like cardiology is like, "No, we want to stick a tube into the heart and figure out." What's clogging up the arteries? I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's just that's just how it is, I guess. And so I'm hoping that if he sends me out to talk to patients and get some medical history, and then come back and report to him, and then if I report my plan, quote unquote, he can correct me, and we can try to figure out where I'm going wrong on some of my plans, and I can get a little bit better at this process <laughs> so i'm looking forward to on call a little i mean it's not on it's not call. on call it's just he just kind of holds down the fort until 7 p.m at night so it is what it is so in my downtime since basically hospitalists are done by 11 <laughs> well at least for students we're usually done by 11 12 o'clock my downtime i've been working on a little bit of the research so i have a family medicine resident that i'm working on I haven't done a lot of his research yet, and I probably should. I'll probably do that tomorrow. But a friend of mine, Joe Levi, he showed up on the podcast a few weeks ago, and he actively listens to the podcast. So, hi, Joe. (laughs) I spent about four hours today because he had proposed uh, doing a research poster for AMSA. Uh, AMSA is American Medical Student Association. I think that's what the acronym stands for. And he's very active in that group. I'm not as active to be completely honest, but he is interested in being like a delegate to one of their conferences and then doing a poster. And of course, uh, as all medical students, um, we need things on our CVs that say that we can do research. And so I'm trying to log my third, you know, punch my third ticket here. You know, that, that the sweet number three, like two's okay, one's, one's, eh, you know, one is. Eh. But is pretty good, and three is like I'm doing. I'm doing great. So I decided, since so this is the downtime rotation, I going you know, to take some time and try to look over the research. And of course, I didn't realize that the deadline was tomorrow uh, <laughs> for the for at least the abstract or whatever. So we I think we have something submitted, but it was a long, long four hours of trying to brainstorm a a thesis or something like so he he Joe had an idea, and just needed to kind of work through how to make a thesis that worked, you know, either drill down to the local level or do something somewhat new or do some kind of meta-analysis and just trying to figure out, like, how to take this topic, and, you know, like, how to make this an interesting topic or not derivative of everyone else's work. Like, I don't want to just repeat someone else's work unless I'm going to, like, drill down into the local level or something like that. So I think we finally figured something out uh it just took a took a long time Uh, i'm not not very proud of how long it took i'm not
0: well with the amount of research that you did do today the hope is that when you actually get down to everything it should come together fairly quickly yeah
1: so the topic is like regarding like Erectile dysfunction in under 40-year-old males and, I think, some kind of association with pornography. So, I really hope that the IT department today doesn't, like, look at my search history or, like, what what web <laughs> traffic was, was going on at the TLC location. Because there was a lot of, like, well, I know that there are certain websites <laughs> that have statistics on people using certain websites and i need to figure out if those statistics are worth looking at so i i don't i don't have to go directly onto the websites but i'm searching you know the name of the website and oh my gosh i, I it's not a, it's not a, it's not a pretty search history to be honest like it, it, i mean i think if they look at the all of the words in the search bar they'll, they'll realize i'm not just some weird pervert i spent four hours in a small study room uh so when you say it like that it does sound (laughs) really awful it does hopefully they read the entire search like what what (laughs) i typed into the search menu so they know it was like okay he's looking at statistics or whatever anyway it and i think just as a follow-up from last week as well we Talked a little bit about trying to get a little bit of cardiology experience and then trying to get a orthopedic rotation, elective away rotation finished up. I have nothing to report on any of those. I, well, actually, for the orthopedic one, I need to call, I'm gonna call them tomorrow because I haven't gotten anything back from the coordinator. I'm sure he's busy. Uh, and I, a phone call will probably just get this thing solved, no problem. So I'll, I'll hopefully get an answer tomorrow. Uh, the cardiology thing—I finally uh, I got a response from
0: the okay. cardiologist
1: uh, just like ten minutes before we started recording. And, uh, okay, I, good. I was like, <laughs> "You didn't tell me this." <laughs> no, no. I, my my uh, bed—I do not disturb. for my phone turned on, so I don't—I didn't get any notification or anything like that. It's just I was noticing my messenger message window was up on my computer, and I saw that the doctor had responded to me. So uh, I, I do need to f- call like her tomorrow to i think work out some details and then i need to talk to the medical education office as well at the hospital just to make sure i got everything sorted out so so you are making progress i am making progress with that one that's that's kind of relief i was already complaining to karen today that i felt like i was like spinning my tires for hours today i got like i don't know six sentences done for a research project enough that we can submit for the consideration for a poster at this conference and then otherwise otherwise i got nothing else done and that was very frustrating and now i have another thing done i have a rough outline of my elective rotations mostly done we so we're making progress we're we're getting there that's essentially what we got so we're just wrapping up this week one more week of internal med hospitalist and then I will actually I got my I got finally got word I will be with Dr. Lomboy for three weeks, you know, for my next por- portion of internal medicine. So looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a lot of work. Uh we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah. Are you by yourself or are you with somebody on uh, that one? I
1: am with with another student for that one. And I think oh, that will right. be fine. Um Generally speaking, I like one-on-one a lot because I feel like you get to know the doctor very well. You don't have that extra dynamic of the other person's personality that you have to kind of work in with on the conversations. But in this particular case, I think typically Dr. Lomboy is a very busy and hardworking doctor. That having someone else to do some of the work uh, will actually be a net benefit. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that.
0: Well, yeah. and you present together, don't you?
1: Yeah, I'm not looking forward to, to, to that. that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, present, presenting is not the worst now. I, I feel like I've gotten a little bit more of a handle on it since I worked with the, my first hospitalist. But it's like a group project, you know? Like, you're as good as the weakest person. Like,
0: and or, you hope you're not the weakest person. <laughs> right, yeah. You don't
1: want to be the weakest person where everyone's doing all the work for you and you're, you're being dragged, you're being carried. Um so I'm, I'm hoping to carry my weight, but I also, you know, you don't know, I, I know, I kind of know who the other person is, but I don't know him on a very personal level. So, uh, you know, it is, it, it'll be what it is. Like, you just kind of want to be responsible for your own work is, I guess what I'm trying to say is like group projects kind of suck in general. And so I, I just kind of want to be responsible for my own work and then judge based on my own work and not, not as a collaborative work. I don't know. So we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Uh, I have some outlines written for the presentation, so hopefully those will be of some benefit.
0: Yeah. This week, I think your goal when we were talking was to just get, to try and get the um, away rotations shored up and kind of moving along those lines and then to get your research project at least the one for the hospital. Oh, for the um, uh, family med resident. Yeah. yeah. You get uh, it
1: done and off my plate.
0: Yep. And then I think we've been kind of looking further ahead towards like what was the CB, and you have to do a I proficiency do some sort test. Of English proficiency test. And I think so just kind of looking down the line to see what all what all there still is left to do before submitting match application and trying to make some sort of a decent timetable out of it where it's not, I mean, it's just going to get more stressful from here on out up through <laughs> September.
1: Yeah. Cause.
0: Um, and then he'll, he'll go away to rotations, but at least at September, you kind of feel like you've, you've done everything that you've done. Now you just kind of have to put forth a good face. Right. And hope that you get your interviews and that you nail those interviews.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The uh, What was the first thing you said? <laughs> the proficiency test? Oh, no, or the... Uh, oh, the elective, showing the elective. I wanted to, I guess, note there was even... Uh, there was one location I was looking at for an elective. I believe it's Mercy in St. Louis, Missouri. And so this is why I, I, this week is kind of a little stressful and, and crucial, is that they... So they accept applications. I'm reading from their website directly. Every year we accept applications for the following academic year between March 1st and April 15th. Our application pool will be reviewed and rotation invitations with the selected dates will be sent out to the chosen candidates on or before April 30th. So essentially tomorrow uh, is the first day they do applications. They start taking applications for... Um, I think they said next academic year, so September and on. So I want to try to nail... What, I, want, I want to get a four-week slot somewhere in the first three, four months of, of the academic year, essentially. And so the application opens tomorrow. I need to work out a few details with the school before the school will um, let me just sign apply. up for... Apply. Uh, so... A little bit of juggling. you got to talk to the school get the school to approve your elective plan then you got to submit another thing for an away elective to school to approve that away elective and then you have to apply to the away elective and then the school has to submit documentation on your behalf for the away elective so there's a few things that has to happen and obviously i'm on a timeline and a time crunch and this week is kind of the the best week to get it done so <laughs> it's going to be a fun week and I still have, I don't know, seven hundred and eighty old questions for medicine to do, and I still have three hundred have... Inky cards to do. <laughs> uh, so, and I have, I want to do four more practices. I want to do four, and I will say four more. I, I still have four practices, tests to do for internal medicine. So I have a few, a few things to do, <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, during my three week online portion, I just volunteered to do. One week of cardiology, so you know it's. Uh, I'm not complaining, per se, because I, I do want the cardiology experience, and this is uh, an interventional cardiologist who, you know, takes people to cath labs and stuff like that. So it's kind of the. If I was green, if I'm going to do internal medicine, that's the ideal. Like I, that's what I want to do is uh, cath lab sort of stuff. So, I really want to see what, what her life is like <laughs> to some degree.
0: So, all this to say. Eric's a little bit stressed out. <laughs> He's managing no. it better than usual, and he still managed to do a workout a day. So, yeah. I'm pretty proud of him for that. I have not managed this. <laughs> he when wins so
1: nice to me. It's ho- so hard to like try to bloat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wins every sing- every single um, competition. But I mean, I don't. It, truth be told, like the competition is more. For the sake that it alerts him when I do something, so then it motivates him to do something. Not necessarily that I think I'll
1: ever win. You could if you put your mind to it. I mean, I don't know how. I, I didn't come out quite right. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're, you're just sitting at home eating bonbons, and if you really, really wanted to, you could work out more. Like that's not really what he, I,
0: he says <laughs> this, but like I, I put on workout clothes at about like noon today, and we didn't get a workout in until after the kids. Went to bed, yeah. Because between school and feeding them, and baths, and trying to get them to pick up their toys and be responsible little human beings, <laughs> and the inevitable mel- inevitable meltdown that goes along with it, you just uh, like time flies. Fine, fine.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I was, like, I was like, I wanted to kind of gloat that like I've won like twenty to nothing <laughs> at this point. But then Karen's like, he's been doing such a good job. I'm so proud of him. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> <Try> to, <laughs> this is the competition. <laughs> <laughs> it was the competitive spirit, and, and I well.
0: He gets to go to sports every Friday. We'll have a competitive spirit for the like next not. Yeah, the next three weeks when you're with Lomboy, I'll win every single one of those because you're gonna be there from like.
1: <laughs> I'll get my steps in. Six
0: to six. <laughs> hey,
1: if you walk fast, you—I mean, I got easily five minutes of exercise there just by walking. You do, fast. you do, because your heart rate spikes. <laughs> hey. I walk like that every
0: day. Does I think it? a beat of walk to try to like
1: this, the heart rate spiking just put it back. Here. <laughs>
0: Anyways, we're getting off topic. If there is anything that you would like us to cover, please do message us. We are working on a few. We did um, get a
1: request and we're trying to figure out how to accommodate that best.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, we're also working on a couple special episodes that will come up probably in the next few months.
1: I might be stashing a few of them away for a surgery rotation. For one of those <laughs> days that I'm like uh, on call and... I don't have time to do editing and don't have time to study and I have to submit CVs and (laughs) MSPEs and whatever. So I might stash a few special episodes so that when I need a little bit of extra time, they'll be there.
0: (laughs) So all that to say, please do reach out to us. Um, Instagram is probably the best way to do so. Or um, you, you can, can
1: leave a comment or uh, rate us and comment on Apple Podcast. I think Spotify has a a similar feature as well. I'm not really sure, but yeah, if um, you like, like Karen said, Instagram is probably the most efficient way to, to reach us. And Karen, of course, gets all those messages, but she tries to respond. You know, I think there's been a couple instances someone's asked a question and. Karen just hands the phone over to me and just says, answer this question. I just, I just <laughs> if do. it's
0: not in my wheelhouse, <laughs> I will not answer it, so, but I will
1: get you the answer if I can. <laughs> we'll try to answer all the questions we can. Um, and again, we there, there was one request that we're trying to accommodate. Uh, we just need to find the right people to accommodate such request, and uh, to try to keep it within the spirit of what we're, we're kind of accomplishing here on the podcast. So we're working on it if 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 you're listening you know you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it uh we haven't forgotten it's just uh things take time i guess is yeah. the best answer i can have but we're definitely going to get that done anyway that should be it for the week we will again talk next week have a good one bye